Welcome to the Renewing the Center podcast. My name is Chris McDaniel, and we want to thank you for joining us today. Here at Renewing the Center, we're answering God's call to work for the spiritual renewal of the church. For more information, visit renewingthecenter.org. We're glad to have you with us today. Now, let's make some space for God's renewing work. Today, we're going to look at a passage from Luke chapter 5. This is actually the calling of Levi or, or Matthew. I'm going to read and then we're going to pray and then we'll just jump in and see what we can see and how the Lord might be wanting to work his renewal into our hearts. After this, he went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax booth and he said to him, follow me. And he got up, left everything and followed him. Then Levi gave a great banquet for him in his house and there was a large crowd of tax collectors and others sitting at the table with them. The Pharisees and scribes were complaining to his disciples saying, why do you eat? And drink with tax collectors and sinners. And Jesus answered, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I have come to call not the righteous, but sinners to repentance. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. And I pray today, God, that as we seek to identify your renewing work in our hearts, God, that you would speak to us through this simple passage, God, that we would see something about Matthew, something about Jesus and something true about us. Help us, Lord, today to hear the word of God and apply it to our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I love this story. Uh, And it's one of those moments in the Gospels where if you're not careful, you just fly right past it, miss maybe something really powerful here. And so today we're going to look at this passage on three different levels. We're going to look at Jesus and his heart for Matthew. We're going to look at Jesus and what his heart for Matthew means for you, for me. So Jesus' heart for Matthew, Jesus' heart for all of us. And then we're going to look at this passage and ask, what does it mean for me to be like Jesus in this way? So Jesus, Matthew, and then what does it mean for me to be Christ-like in the way that Jesus was in this passage? So I'm just going to walk through it. We're going to see some things, say some things, and then we'll turn you on your way. The first thing I want to say to you is this. The passage begins by telling us that Jesus went out and he saw Matthew, which may seem like nothing to you, but I don't think it is. We're in danger of missing something really important if we don't see the movement in this passage. Jesus is taking all the initiative in this passage. He's moving toward Matthew. He moves toward someone who's not actually on the good list. Matthew's a tax collector. And for you, you may think, well, what's the big deal? You know, tax collectors today don't have the same kind of reputation maybe that they had 2,000 years ago. For Matthew, he was viewed by his fellow Jews as a traitor. He was someone who was working for the Roman government to solicit and extort at times taxes from fellow Jews and then turn them over to the Romans and then he would get rich in the process. Jews hated tax collectors. Uh, They felt like there was a special place in hell for tax collectors. And so here we see a tax collector, someone on the bad list, and Jesus actually moves toward him. He sees him. And it really moves my heart to know that Jesus moves toward Matthew before Matthew moves toward Jesus. Before Matthew shows that spark of curiosity, Jesus is there calling him, talking to him, moving into his space. And the same is true for you and me. Jesus is always out looking. He's always out moving toward us. And it makes me wonder, how would a deeper understanding of Jesus moving toward me impact my own heart and life? How would you, seeing that Jesus is actually moving toward you, that he's seeking you out, how could that change? How might that change the way that you live your life? For, for starters, I think it would um, 
help us to see our worth and our value. It would help us to see that God doesn't just care about us when we're good, when we have it all together. But like Matthew, God cares about us, is burdened for us, moves toward us, even when we're a mess, even when things are not going well. And in my view, renewal, spiritual renewal, and that's what we're all about here at Renewing the Center. Spiritual renewal takes root in our hearts when we know that we're being pursued by God before we have it all figured out. Many of us have grown up hearing, follow God, pursue God, follow the rules, do right, be holy. These things are good and right. They're important. We're meant to follow God. We're meant to pursue him. We're meant to live with holiness in our hearts to do the right thing. But I would say that while those things are true, an underexplored or underemphasized part of spirituality is that God actually pursues us. He seeks us out. He doesn't just say, follow me, Chris. He comes out and chases me, pursues me. He seeks me like the shepherd that would pursue the lost sheep. And here we see Jesus doing that for Matthew. And I just want to say, this was not a once-off thing. Jesus wants to and does pursue you, maybe especially when you're in dark spaces or places. So I think one of the things the Lord wants for us is to recognize that we're seen, that we're known by Jesus. And this really highlights something that I think is a real problem for many of us, which is that we have a kind of one-dimensional view. We think that we're supposed to see God, hear God, work for God, but we don't often think enough about God's desire to see us, to hear us, and to help us. And see, it's like two sides to the coin, right? Seeing and being seen, hearing and being heard, helping and being helped. Those two-dimensional realities in those three areas, that's what makes up true humanity before God. And Jesus actually is seeing you. He desires to hear you and to help you, not just the other way around. So what happens? Jesus sees Matthew, and then he invites Matthew into friendship with him. He says, follow me. And we're told um, that invitation that comes to Matthew is the same invitation that came to better people. Jesus actually said the same thing to some people who had their act together. But in this instance, he's speaking to someone who's an outsider, who's kind of a mess. So he treats Matthew the same way that he treats other people. He sees a man who by all standards is a mess and he says to that man, follow me, move toward me. I've moved toward you, now you move toward me. He doesn't treat Matthew as a spiritual invalid. And I think this points to something that many of us uh, get stuck on. We feel like spiritual invalids, you know, like people who are incapable of really moving. And what Jesus does here to an outsider, to someone with some baggage, is he looks at that person and he says, follow me, move get unstuck. He treats Matthew as if Matthew is capable of responding to his call to move into friendship. And I think he does the exact same thing with you and with me. And then what do we see? Matthew's able to respond. Matthew leaves everything, follows him. He actually throws a party for Jesus and invites all of his heathen friends. And I just love this. I mean, if this was, if, if the Gospels were a Jewish propaganda story, this story would not make it into it. Stories like this that are so real and raw, they actually speak to the veracity, the truth of the Bible. Because now Jesus is at a friend, at a party with Matthew's heathen friends, just hanging out with him. See, what Matthew's demonstrating in this moment is that he may be a mess, he may be lost. He may be a heathen, but he's also able to be responsive to the invitation of Jesus. And maybe that's the way you are right now. Maybe right now you would say, I don't have a lot 
of life figured out. Maybe right now you feel pretty confused or on the outside, or maybe like not everything is moving in the right direction. But if you're receptive to the overtures of Jesus, if you're curious and responsive, if you're open, if you're willing to throw a party and invite your friends, talk about things that matter, then you're right in the right spot. You're where Matthew is. And Jesus loves to enter into those places. See, what Matthew is, is he's curious. He's receptive. He has a lot to learn, but he's open. And I just want to say to you, God's not afraid of you being in process. And you shouldn't be afraid of being in process. A key to spiritual renewal is just being where you are and accepting that God calls us right where we are. So when I was in seminary, uh, I, I saw a, a, a work, and I don't even remember who wrote this, but it was a, a work that reflected on different approaches to spirituality. And they used different terms, terms like a centered set or a fuzzy set or a bounded set. And the idea behind this line of thinking was that Jesus lived with a kind of centered set approach. If he is the bullseye, if Jesus is at the center, then even if you're really far away, if you're moving toward Jesus, then you're moving in the right direction. Even if you don't know all the rules, even if you're not following some of the rules that you do know. And conversely, if you grew up kind of under the altar of the church and you know all the rules and you're very conversant in the lingo, but if your heart is shut down and moving away from God, Jesus actually is warm to those who are moving toward him. Um, and he wants you to move toward him. And he doesn't want you to be ashamed if you're coming from far away. See, Matthew is far from the center, but he's moving toward the center. And I think Jesus is better able to engage us when we are moving toward him, whether we're close, grew up in the church, or whether we did not grow up in the church. And I think this is actually a really important thing for us to think through because Jesus ends this way. He says, y'all, it's the sick who need a doctor, not those who claim to be healthy. What basically Jesus is saying is, if you'll acknowledge your neediness, your weakness, it puts you in the care of Jesus. And so today I just want to say, acknowledge your neediness. Where might you identify with Matthew? Where might you say, I don't have it all figured out, but I sense that God may be wanting me to carve out some space. Maybe for you, this podcast is a space. Maybe it's like a little spot in your day where you're quiet, where you're still, where you actually ask for the grace of God to be present to him. I think that's all he wants sometimes is a little bit of awareness and an invitation. John Ortberg, a pastor out in California, he said, it's the nature of the, of the soul to need. It's essential to your humanity to need, to acknowledge your neediness. Matthew is able to do it. I think that's what the Lord would have us do today as we live our lives before him. Father, we ask that you would help us in this story to see you, Jesus, and your heart for Matthew, but also, God, to see your heart for us. And I also pray, Lord, that we would be able to look at this story and go, how might I relate with people around me in a Jesus-like manner? In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. If you would like to continue meditating on what you heard today, take some time to recall an idea or an image that encouraged or challenged you in this episode. When things stand out to us in God's word, or in our lives, or in what we're reading, or in devotional talks, it often means that God is offering us his help and his guidance. When you have your idea or image in mind, carry it with you as a prayer, coming back to it in the spaces throughout your day. How does it speak to you and where you are right now? What does it say about God and what he wants for you? Speak to him about these things. Listen for his still small voice 
and respond to him as simply and as honestly as you can. Thanks for listening. We look forward to having you back here again with us next time at Renewing the Center.